the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Listen to the baker. No, I did not. Second grade. And let's be clear in all the ways we talk about this money for public schools should stay in public schools, not go anywhere else. I've already made my commitment. I will, we will have a secretary of education who has been a public school teacher. I think this is ultimately about our values. I have proposed a two-cent wealth tax. Here we go. One-tenth of one percent in this country. That would give us enough money to start with our babies by providing universal child care for every baby age zero to five, universal pre-K for every three-year-old and four-year-old in this country. Thank you. Raise the wages of every child care worker and preschool teacher in this country. Cancel student loan debt for five percent of the folks. Listen to the crowd. Yeah, get that cocaine sound bite. So there you go. You didn't, you know. It, no, the, I, uh, you know, I won't it, entertain it this early. Like, I, it's hard to get my head around. There's a, so much political news. Yeah. I, I need a hiatus in the evening. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> it's the best thing on TV. I, I don't watch TV. I mean, you know, but I, I didn't really, I didn't watch all two and a half hours. Right. You know, um, I listened to it while I'm okay. doing other chores and, and caught a little bit of it on TV. Um, all right. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Um, the, you know, I don't know. The 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 idea uh, really just to kind of my notes from last uh, or the other evening's debates. Um, you know, Biden, Joe Biden, 
You know the okay. you know I you know I I, I I some people think he won the debate. I, I thought he had a, didn't have a good showing at the debate. You know with his you know runaway dentures. You heard about that, right? I you heard know? about it. Um, and you know at times you know I, I think I don't know who was harder to understand, Joe or or the hecklers who were heckling him. Do, you know that they came out in the end, right? Because they, oh, okay. they, they were uh, you know when when they when Joe was doing his final you know. Uh, wrap up for the evening mm-hmm. you know they they came out right so they and they, I don't know what they were they were the DACA recipients right and they were complaining about um, the three million you know deportations under the Obama administration so they're holding Joe responsible for okay because yeah because Carrie fault. as you know you know no human being is illegal on stolen land you know that was their that was oh their okay uh, but if you go into any other country in the world, then you've got you know, um, then you've got you know Kamala or Kamala, 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 is it Kamala? I think it's Kamala or Kamala. Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. Of course, yeah, Kamala. Right. Um, again, you know, doesn't impress me. You know, her Wizard of Odd joke. You heard that, right? You know, no, I did not. Oh, you know, she her, that joke fell about as flat as Dorothy's house. You know, coming down from the twister. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was something like what was it? It was like it was obviously scripted. You know, it was like. Oh, it's like that guy, you know, she was talking about whatever the question was. It had nothing to do with her. She had a prepared response. Well, it's like, you know, he's, now she's talking about Trump, right? You right. Know, it, it's, it's like that guy in The Wizard of Oz. You know, when you pull back the curtain, he's really a small dude. You know, I mean, and, oh, and then, you know, while she's laughing, you know. <laughs> no one um, else is. Right. Especially George <laughs> Stephanopoulos, who was not a tall statue man himself. See, you could have do some great sound bites. Uh, you could do the crickets. and uh, Yeah. And, th- and that was the thing. But meanwhile, you know, while Kamala's laughing it off, and the rest of the audience is saying, do I get this joke? Is this a, an innuendo joke? You know, is a, you know. Meanwhile, you know, you got uh, angry Bernie, right? You know, angry right. Bernie, who's you know waiting for the you know is pointing and 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 and, and th- throwing his hand up to George. George, call on me. You know, it, it was just so. I don't think Bernie had a good night. Then you had you know Andy Ubi Young, right? You know, he's uh, yeah, he's the one universal income. Yeah, Andy yeah. Ubi Yang, I call him. Um, he's not waiting to win the White House to start his UBI program. Oh, yeah, didn't he give it to I see. Yeah. I, I do not watch, but I will see what pops up on my head. Right, so he announced, you know, that he was going to start the program now. And if you want to participate or be uh, uh, selected for his uh, rollout of his, you know, program, you just go to his website and apply, I guess. Um, you know, so is he giving his own money? Well, that's the thing. you know you know you better lawyer up a little bit because you know I think some of the other Democrats may say hey this you're not using campaign bi- yeah. contributions to give this money mm-hmm. away are you that mm-hmm. may be against the rules. Um, oh, like buy you can't buy votes. Um, you know, so you know it was so I don't know who won the debate. Nobody knows. I mean, because everybody has different opinions on it. Yeah, I was um, going to say I think it's just somebody's perspective. And bottom line, I think if you like your candidate, maybe you're going to say they won the debate. You know, um, but, you know, the one thing about Elizabeth Warren, you know, because she got a lot of news during the week leading up to the debate. Mm-hmm. right? And I was waiting to see if they were going to the moderators were going to ask her about her new Social Security solution plan. Right. Which she announced just literally hours before the beginning of the debate. Oh, giving the elderly a bump up in their Social Security. It's not even that. Well, well, anyone on Social Security okay. carries. You so mean disability the, too? The current and the future benefit. Yeah. Right. But I'm was saying, are you talking it. about retirement I mean, Social Security or is she talking about the future benefit? You know, so so basically she start. you know, it's another I mean, let's call it another UBI. Right. So so her solution to the Social Security problem is that uh, 
she wants to boost monthly benefits by $200 for every current and future beneficiary. Well, don't we do increases with the cost of living increase? Right, but this anyway? is like right now. Okay, yeah. who's going to pay for that? Like, is no one addressing cutting costs, being fiscally responsible? Well, who's going to pay? Like, well, that's oh, what I wanted the moderators to ask her about. It, but of course, they couldn't add lib quick enough because they probably say, hmm. all had they all had, they had all their scripted questions. Well, I did done see a lot about Medicare for all, and all I hear is. Uh, yeah, I heard the student loan debt go away. So all of this is going to cost the rest of us. Well, that you heard in my soundbite, you know, Elizabeth says she, the way she's going to pay for all this is by taxing the rich, starting with the wealth tax, which I still question the constitu- constitutionality. Right. <laughs> what word am I trying to say, Carrie? Is uh, it constitutional? constitutional right. Um, because it, where you can tax wealth as opposed to taxing income. So anyways, we'll talk a little bit about... The, but I'm sure the wealthy may get attorneys about this, I would guess, yeah, if so, they're a target. Um, but we'll talk more about Elizabeth Warren's plans. Um, we'll talk a little bit more today about, you know, we have, we've got some projections on what we think, speaking of Social Security, you know, and what the COLA increases will be for 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that today. And uh, we'll see what else. Um, talking a little bit today about the uh, 50-30-20 rule. You know, you, you know, Carrie, I know you're going to announce the classes coming mm-hmm. up. And a lot of people are saying, well, what's a, you know, maybe you've got a recent college grad or maybe you, you know, you're, you're wondering yourself if you, you know, have enough time to save for your own retirement. And what about all these rules of thumbs or good, you know, economic uh, positions to try to uh, model and one that just gotten, um, it's been around for a while, but it's gotten recent interest is the 50, 30, 20 rule. I haven't talked about that in a while. No. Okay. So, um, of course, you can come to the class and you'll actually see um, the handouts on it. But it's always fun to do spreadsheets on the radio. So we'll do a little bit of that. Okay, Carrie, get us started. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are a financial educational radio talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. And we are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based, Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm. Um, The best way to describe it is the estate planning team is traditional financial planner numbers crunchers and help people do objective and biased analysis and make recommendations. Um, We are not investment advisors. What we do is look at our clients' assets in terms of how much risk are they taking or what growth rate do they need for their plan to work? Um, so risk, growth, and tax efficiency. And most of our clients either already have investment advisors or we work with their existing advisors in building their plan. Or in many cases, some of the clients do their investments on their own. Either way, that's not the piece that we do. We help people build those conservative, realistic plans so they know if things happen, um, financial disruptors occur. I know we probably will talk the show, I'm thinking, well, if we we have time on plan R today, which if you listened to the show before, um, those alternative scenarios, if it's plan for the worst and hope for the best. So if you know, based on worst case scenario, if there's a recession, if there's a market downturn um, or even uh, and how that affects the longevity of your plan, if I have to retire earlier than planned due to the company 
health issues. Um, if I'd want to spend more, does that affect what I'd like to do? And it's putting all this together um, because uh, with realist expenses, we build plans based on income, expenses, inflation, taxes, and then come back and make recommendations so that people get can make different choices. So they're creating the income they need as tax efficiently as possible. And you'll hear on the show, we talk a lot about the importance of using the opportunities that exist in this complicated tax code. And if you are in the camp that believes tax rates are going to go up in the future, it's more important to focus on this issue now while we have the more favorable tax rates and set things up today. And that's whether you're working or already in retirement. Uh, the estate planning team are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau, and we won the Super Service Award multiple years on Angie's list. We have the free classes coming up, and these are the probably the last classes we're going to be able to get in on our schedule this year. So make sure you register. You won't be sorry. They're planning strategies and concepts. They're very different than other classes out there, and there's some great handbooks for all attendees. We still have room for Tuesday. Actually, I moved it to the bigger room. Um, so next Tuesday, September 17th, it is three o'clock. And if you're 59 and a half or older and have IRAs, company plans or similar assets, even if you're 70 and a half and already taking minimum required distribution, you're still going to get out um, some good information. We're going to talk about rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions when it comes to these assets, strategies to minimize the long-term tax impact. Um, how minimum required distribution often creates more tax dollars for the government. You may want to design your own distribution plan. I know this year because of the changes to standard deductions went up, a lot of people who are taking minimum required distribution should be looking at a qualified charitable distribution as a planning strategy. And I know we have some information on the handouts, Mark, I don't know, depending on the questions and how many people, you know, that's a missed opportunity and each year stands on its own. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you already are, if you're still you know, making charitable contributions and no longer can deduct it on your schedule A because of you're saying the higher standard deduction and you have attained age 70 and a half and have a required minimum distribution, you can elect the qualified charitable distribution, which is, is it's it it acts like a wash mm. on your tax return. Right. So even though you're not deducting it on Schedule A, let's say you're doing a two thousand dollar contribution to your church or whatever, um, you don't get you know you don't report it as, but you weren't going to get the standard. You were going to get the itemized right. deduction anyway. So so what instead you still report it as a two thousand dollar. IRA distribution. It's got to go directly from your IRA to the right, charity. You have to be careful how you do it. You, you got to cross get, the right. T's and dot the I's. We talk a lot about this show about coordinated advisors. If you're planning on doing a QCD, here are the advisors you need to coordinate. You need to coordinate your IRA custodian mm -hmm. so they know what you're doing. You need to also obviously coordinate with your charity so right. they know what you're trying to do. Okay. Um, and the third one, of course, is your tax preparer. So they know what you're trying right. to do. Right. And we quarterback all of that or, or whatever word fits in football right. season, trying to put that all together um, so that you're doing it right. Right. And so the benefit of that is that it counts towards your required minimum, but yet you get, you don't have to, in the, the, your CPA or your software makes an adjustment. And although it's reported as a taxable IRA distribution or as a gross IRA distribution, 
distribution. Right. It doesn't flow over to the taxable IRA distribution. Right. So you it you don't have to pay federal income taxes. And, you know, you're being in Ohio. A lot of times on this show we talk about Ohio. We love Ohio. Right. right. Trump loves Lima. But, right. You know, we love Ohio. But the idea is it saves you Ohio income taxes, right? Because Ohio, who doesn't give you charitable distrib- you know contributions anyways, um, starts their calculations from federal adjusted gross income. So if you do the qualified charitable distribution, you're in effect lowering your federal adjusted gross income, which then is lowering what Ohio starts from. Mm-hmm. So it even gives you a little benefit on Ohio. So it's a great maneuver. Um, a lot of our clients have had to go out on that because they, they weren't going to get their, uh, the, the, the benefit of the charitable contribution anymore. And, and by the way, if you're someone who's close to one of the Medicare thresholds, this may be a good strategy to get you under those because those are hard thresholds. There and if you, you don't know, um, want more information about that, you need to give us a call and come in because this is the time of year you need to start looking and be proactive if you want to minimize taxes on April 15th or in future tax years. And that class is next Tuesday, September 17th, 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. We also have our evening class on October 2nd at 6 o'clock for retirees and people nearing retirement. Register now for the class. We will get back to you on Monday. If you send an email, we will send an email confirmation with directions. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So let's see uh, what else happened in the financial world. Well, the ECB, you know, they came out with some eyebrow raising, you know, saying that they're going to cut interest rates. And guess what, Carrie? They're going to start up QE again. Okay. We're, or, you know, let's oh, call brother. it QE infinity right now. Um, so really? Well, we you know, we had heard, we had seen the storm clouds, right? You know, Germany right. was having problems. Um, uh, now, of course, the whole ECB is having problems. They're worried about a recession. They're already making movements. Seems like you know most people are are still recovering from the last recession, even though it was over ten years ago, right? Right. That they're saying, really, there's another one coming, and and again, there's a lot of people in this country who a lot of you know not a lot of consensus carry on when the U.S. is going to suffer the next recession, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jerome Powell, you know, the Fed speak saying he doesn't think there's one on the horizon. And of course, the, a lot of people are in the camp that think the Federal Reserves have figured it out. They're that smart and they can control monetary policy that we don't have to worry about recessions anymore. Well, that would be great. Um, However, that's looking at things through rose colored glasses. Right. And I don't feel really good. But just then, counting yeah, on the government, because, again, you know, Jerome Powell can't control what, you know, Donald Trump and the other politicians do or more or less control what's happening globally, you know, mm-hmm. which can obviously bleed into the U.S. best laid plans. Right. Um, what else? The federal deficit, Carrie. You know, who knew? It got to be over a trillion already. Tuh. Remember they were saying that right. was the big warning that it may get there in a couple of years okay. or a trillion? It, we're not even in the fourth quarter and right. it's already no at a trillion. one's talking about cutting costs, cutting costs, um, cutting costs. Right. So, um, no, yeah. all I hear is... Tax, 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 tax. I don't care what they do it. That's what it translates to more taxes out of my pocket. Well, you know, we always say, you know, when, you know, we're going into the president election. You're going to hear a lot of campaign promises. Right. And I keep you know, telling people the president by themselves doesn't have the power to change tax law. Okay? No, but sometimes, though, I guess when you're looking at making decisions and you see that's what they're thinking. Right. Mm. Um, right. Well, you know, and now if if one of the parties gets enough control. 
yeah. then it can happen, right? And and so from that aspect, you know, one of our axioms as a state planning team, at least one of the Mark Donnelly's axioms, is that you know when the Democrats say that they're going to you know solve our you know economic problems by raising taxes, I believe them. Right. You know, but when the Republicans say that they can solve all our economic problems without raising taxes, I don't always believe. I don't that. know if I've heard somebody say that in a while. Um, <laughs> the uh, well, you, you, it wasn't long ago. Remember the 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 pledge: no new taxes. Um, you know, the, well, uh, I think they should cut spending. I still don't. Well, that you know, Carrie. We were at a trillion, and we're not even in the fourth quarter, Carrie. I know. Spending cut, isn't cut, being cut. cut. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I have a it's problem. It's getting worse. The baby boomers are, it's going to be even more of it. You know, oh, don't get me started. All right. So, but let's see. Um, so one of the things, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren, yeah, so she comes out, and I don't know, it's somewhat pandering. I'm going to come out and say her she's going to give everyone 200 bucks more a month in Social Security benefits. Out of whose pocket? Is she going to pay well, for it? You know, well, she's, no. She's going to. Uh, I'm saying it's ridiculous. She, she's going to have, she's going to get this wealth tax imposed. Well, sorry, Elizabeth, but you what, can't do that, even okay, if you're president. even if you did, do you not think before you start jumping and do more spending, don't you think you need to take care of the debt you have first? Um, hmm. You know, yeah, or the shortfall that Social Security is facing. Why don't we deal with that before we throw more money at it? I think uh, people would, well, I don't know. Right. So, you know, I don't know if that's going to work. Um, but, you know, we'll see. So, but uh, some other Social Security news. So we're getting the first projections, Carrie, of the, you know, the the think tanks that look at this stuff is what they think the cost of living adjustment will be for 2020. Okay. Um, so according to the Senior Citizens League, uh, which they always come out with an early uh, projection, we won't really know until around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the government lets us know. Um, but their projection is 1.6%. Okay. Okay. Um, compare that for 2019's increase, which was relatively high at 28 right. 2018's, it was 2 even. Okay, but I also don't um, think inflation is gone. I mean, well, you know, well, well that's what it's calculated on. Right. It's based on, on reality, so it's, yeah, it's calculated. So the cost on of the, things aren't going up yeah, as much. So the CPIW they call it, which right. is the, you know consumer price index for urban wage earners, you know through the thir- uh, through the third quarter. So, um, so now, now, but the other thing that the people wait for, and our listeners and our clients wait for, is well, okay, Mark. So let's say I get a one point six percent increase in my Social Security benefit. By the way, how much is my Medicare B premium going up? Right, mm-hmm. um, because that's taken out of your Social Security, right? And that sometimes eats away at, at the, the cost, of, cost of increase. So we have some early projections there. But let me stay on the one, just for one more note on the. Social Security increase. So, you know, when we build a financial plan for our clients, we always remind our clients that we're going to use conservative and realistic assumptions. So if you're doing this at home, you may be always saying, well, Mark, what sh- if I'm building a, a long-range model, how much cost of living increases should I assume on my Social Security once it starts? You know, because I may be on Social Security for 20 years. Okay, so is it going to stay? Am I going to assume it's going to stay flat? Well, that's not realistic, right? Um, should I assume the two point eight percent, the amount I got last year, that's or not this realistic year, you know, twenty nineteen? That's maybe not realistic. So, what we have done for decades as a state planning team is we kind of like to use like a rolling ten year average, okay? And you know, and you know, and 
be on the conservative side. So, Carrie, you, do you remember what we're using for Social Security increases in our plans? 1.2. 1.2. And we've been using that for the last decade, right? Mm-hmm. You know what the actual 10 A little bit higher, rule? I'm guessing? 1.4. Okay. So that's a good example of when you try to make a conser- a realistic, you know, that we are going to assume some cost of increases, but mm-hmm. be conservative. We're using 1.2. The actual 10-year rolling history is 1.4. That's a good example of how you'll be fine with your financial plan if you use conservative realistic assumptions. Um, all right. So now, the what about the Medicare? Um, well, okay. So this isn't as rosy, Carrie. Okay. Because right now, they're projecting. Um, now, this isn't law yet. You know, and the politicians can override anything right up until the midnight hour, you know, depending on, you know, what they want to get done with the power, right, that they okay. have. Um, but, you know, the, the think tanks are thinking about a, you know, currently, you know, this year, if you started Medicare B, uh, the first level threshold, not okay. if you get into the IRMA adjustments, right. Carrie, that, you know, if you don't know what we're talking about, come to the class. Because, you know, how much you pay for Medicare B is directly related to your income. And if you have too much income, you pay more than your neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't always ask your neighbor what they're paying for Medicare B. And you might not be in the same bracket as them. But the first level tier for the Social Security B premium in 2019 was $135.50 a month. Mm-hmm. And that's per person, right? So you and your spouse, you each have to pay that, right? Um, now, the projected increase... Mm-hmm. 144.30. Okay. Okay. Um, a little bit more from 2018. Uh, that's about a 6.5% increase year well, over year. The reality of healthcare costs are going uh, up. So, you know, so what do we look at? So you're saying, okay, so let me get this straight, Mark. You're telling me that my Social Security is going up 1.6%, but my Medicare B premiums going up 6.5%? Sounds to me like I may have a lower Social Security benefit take home than I did. Right. But they're allowed to increase the Medicare B if there's a cost of living increase. Unless you're in the hold harmless. Right. And so we haven't had to deal with the home harmless rules for a couple of years. But Carrie, remember, that's that law out there. Right. That says, um, you know that you you're they might not be able to you know increase it as much they can't like decrease your social security benefit so i think we're gonna have to be dusting off the home harmless rules for 2020 and stay tuned for that discussion on these future shows um okay so yeah so care there's a lot of concern about um when is the u.s you know recession going to hit um, a lot of people don't think it's going to hit for years. You know, they still think it's, you know, years out. Um, a lot of people think it's going to start in 2020. Okay. And they give their reasons there. I won't go through all the, the, the different reasons one way or the other, but, um, but, the, but one of the good things is that we're, you know, the, the, the think tankers again, Carrie, are thinking that America is better prepared for the next U S recession. Because in retrospect, we weren't very prepared for the 2008. Right. The, you know, that everybody's in agreement with. 
So are we doing any better preparing for the next U.S. recession? By the way, uh, we've had 10 years to prepare for. This is the longest U.S. expansion in history. Right. right. Um, so why are the, some of the experts saying America's better prepared? Um, well, okay. Um, okay, I believe that Americans learned lesson. And our better. I'm reading out of an article here. Um, it, well, you know, it's kind of like what the Federal Reserve saying that you know the Federal Reserve saying they're better prepared for the next year's recession. You know that that maybe they can even you know expand this indefinitely. Um, all right, they, they look at the households, okay, and the debt load. Mm-hmm. So we've you know, and this is somewhat mixed signals, Carrie, right? Because all we've heard is that debt is at an all time high, right? Mm-hmm. But what they're saying is that you know, when you look at um, the debt service burden, you know, which is the right. percentage of after tax income that households must devote to paying interest and principal, okay, um, that has dropped, okay, to about a forty year low. Okay, so, you know, that so they're saying that's going to help in the next recession. Um, They also, you know, talked about um, that Trump's, you know, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 that, you know, took, you know, started in 2018. That helped, you know, because, you know, um, you know, as well. And, of course, the lower interest rates help. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, you know, and, and and also they're saying that we've now seen some wage growth year over year. So that's helping. Okay. Um, they also look at debt delinquencies on credit cards and other household liabilities. They're at about a two point five percent right now, Carrie, compared to you know right before the Great Recession, it was at eight percent. Okay, so, so that's, that's substantially a... less, right? Um, so you're saying things are overall better. They're they're also saying that we're you know what remember the 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 the, the spark of that last recession was the real estate bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're saying that, you know, the the subprime le- loans and all right. that problem with I mean, that. People right? got loans they shouldn't have ever ever um, okay. gotten. So they're saying that was, you know, you know, they're saying even as late as 2010, there, you know, it, it took a long recovery. And they're, they're saying even two years after the recession or a year after recession, if you say it ended in 2009, that they were saying that 25 percent, one quarter of all households nationwide owed more on their houses than they were worth. That's a tough, you know, ditch to get out of. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, remember all those vacant houses, and oh, they were yeah. just, and you know, and the and the the loans, you know, the the walkaways, the people for, were just yeah, walking away, and, and the short sales and all that problem. You know, it's short memories, right? Um, but they're saying today um, that's down, um, you know, substantially. Um, you know that. Um, the percent of homers upside down. The mortgage has dropped to about four percent. So we're saying from twenty five percent to four percent. Okay. Now the, the the best the best the best way I can sum up was that that real estate bubble was you know Michael Lewis's. Remember he wrote The Big Short, right, Gary? The, 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 okay. You might yeah. have saw the movie, yeah. but read the book. I never saw you know, the you know, movie. Okay, read the book. But anyways, I, I just remember the one line from the book that just hit home. You know this the, the this debt problem. And it was like they said in Bakersfield, California, he's quoting a real case, a Mexican strawberry picker with an income of fourteen thousand dollars a year and no English was lent every penny he needed to buy a house for guess it, Carrie, how much? Mm, maybe a hundred thousand. A little 50, bit higher. 000? I know. I, I'm sure it's ridiculous. <laughs> 
$724,000. So we all paid because banks made bad decisions. How, if somebody read that and saying, you're telling me a Mexican strawberry picker with annual income of 14000 can't speak English, got a loan for to buy a $724,000 house? Maybe maybe they missed a ze- misread the zero or something. Maybe um, thought it was. Um, <laughs> so you know, so are things better this time? Well, you know, um, they're saying you know obviously it's also not everybody's in a better position. So we still have to deal with the you know income inequality, right? What which, which right. we're going to hear a lot about in the twenty twenty election. Um, and you know, and they're also saying. It's not only the U.S., you know, mom and dad. They said the other brewing problem is the corporations. Okay. Okay. Um, Because they're saying that, um, you know, many of the companies, the corporations, have taken on all-time debt levels. You know, cheap rates, right? Right. You know, borrow when the money's cheap. Right. Okay. Um, And they've gone deeply into debt. Um, so borrowing from by non-financial firms in the U.S. has risen risen to a record high, and most worrisome are the so-called leverage loans, which are less regulated and have been issued by companies um, have been issued to companies with weaker credit ratings. So, you know that is that could come back to bite, and and you know so if the company you know, and, and, and a quick turnaround in the economy and these companies fail, you know that is a snowball rolling down the hill. Um, okay. So, you know, so, but the question is, all right, who do you believe or how do you protect yourself if you are in the camp that thinks we could have a U.S. recession in the next two to three years, right? Or maybe you want to know, even if I think it probably won't happen just in case, right? I want to make sure I know if it affects me and if it affects me, what maneuvers I need to make so I'm not going to make this quick emotional or a quick reaction that ends up hurting my tax picture, causing more problems because I have to make a quick decision. Right. And, you know, and so because, as we always say, you know, you can't control what the Fed does. You can't control what the politicians do. You can't control the stock market, can't control Brexit, can't control the ECB. But what can you do to prepare for the next economic downturn? Well, we we you know, we always talk about at least three things that you know we can mention right off the top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one is have you rebalanced your portfolio? In other words, are you taking on more risk than what you need to be okay? Okay, because that burned a lot of people in the lost decade, right? You know, where we had two fifty percent drops in the S and P five hundred in a ten year period. That hurt. That stalled a lot of retirement plans. That sent a lot of retirees back to work, all right. Um, that canceled a lot of Hawaii trips, all right. So you know the and that and that caused a lot of student loan debt, all right. I could go on and on and on, right. Um, so you know the idea is you know are you taking on more risk than what you need to be okay? Now if you're using a professional investment advisor, by the way, we don't do that at the estate planning team. We don't manage investments for our clients. We work with their investment advisors, and we know maybe what questions you might want to be asking them. But if you don't know if they're rebalancing, ask them. If you're doing it your home by, uh, yourself at home, are you taking the discipline to rebalance your portfolio? Because in this great bull run, you know, don't look now, but with all the bad news, we still have double-digit returns in the stock market year-to-date. Okay, so a lot of people are forgetting that little correction we had in the fourth quarter of 18 because they're looking at their statements today and saying, hmm, 
things look a little bit better than the headlines. All right. Um, you know, no, but the idea is if you look on a rolling 12 month, it might take some, you know, you know, uh, some of the wind out of your sails because on a rolling 12 month, eh, we're not quite at double digits. Um, but the idea is your, your equity position may have gotten out of whack because fixed rates of, are, you know, have, are, aren't stellar. And so they may be, you know, but if your equity, your growth side is growing higher where you thought you were in a 60, 60 portfolio, you may no longer be 60, 40. If you thought you were 50, 50, right. you may longer be 50, 50. You may be north on that on your growth side on the equity side. So are you doing the disciplined thing? Are you rebalancing? Are you locking in your gains before the drop? If you're using professionals, they are probably doing that. If you don't know, ask them. Right. Um, now, a second thing is, you know, do you have an adequate cash reserve? Okay, so, you know, this is the idea that, you know, and I know, Carrie, you know, a lot of investment advisors, you know, when they, they tell their clients, oh, don't worry, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, this is a totally liquid account. I literally was working with a client recently, Carrie, when um, they, you know, when they came in for the review meeting and we were, we, we were talking about a cash reserve and, you know, how we do the net worth updates right. and everything. And they were looking at the net worth and they're saying, well, Mark, there's something wrong on the net worth. I was like, well, what's that, Mr. Smith? And he goes, well, the amount that you're showing in cash is too low. And what happened was they had recently sold uh, one of their real estate positions. Okay. okay. And they took the cash proceeds, non-qualified money, Carrie, right? And that was, they wanted to leave that in cash for their cash reserve until we got through this next, you know, da- you know period. Right. Now they they might invest in that some of the way, okay. So so, but you know, when we had gotten, they had provided us the statement to update the net worth. We used the statement, right, to to allocate it. And when we looked at the statement, Carrie, guess what? It wasn't in cash. Right. They thought it was. Hmm. And that, and I'm like, well, what gave you the impression that it was in cash? And they said, well, we told our investment advisor we wanted to keep it safe. Well, that's not the same as and, cash. And, and, and the investment advisor told us it was totally liquid. Uh. And, and that's not the first time we've had that confusion. When investment advisors say that the account is liquid, that's not really saying the same thing, that it's no risk. Or that it's cash. <laughs> exactly. All right. So they thought that this money was sitting in, and, and then and then the wife said, well, I was wondering why it went down in value. <laughs> yeah, because like, cash and, you know, shouldn't and, go down and, in value and, 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 if and, you're not using it. And then the it. husband came back and said, well, yeah, but I saw, I was wondering why it came up so high in value. See, you, you, you can't win on both sides, you know. You're, you know, but the idea is it's not whether there it was vet, it was based it was allocated into their sixty forty portfolio. So sixty percent of it was in equities. Now, yes, it's liquid. That means you could call up that investment advisor and say, "I want some money out of this account." But that that's the same thing as that it's risk free. Right. And, and you and, you know, and, and investment advisors do that all the time. Mm-hmm. They, they they try to pull the shade over your eyes. They say, oh, don't worry, Mrs. Smith, it's liquid. 
Well, that's not the same thing if that if if the client gets the impression that it's totally cash, principal protected, and you know. Liquid. And that could be a, a definition where the meanings of words mean different things to different people. So now and that's a good example of how court advisors because now they got a list of questions that they're going to go back to their investment advisor. Right, with. and that's part of the value of what we do at the estate planning team, and it's coordinating that effort. And this time of year, we're certainly starting to look at year-end planning issues too. Right now, they're just going to give me the third. Third thing, Carrie, then I want you okay. to announce the, the classes. But the third thing you can do, you know, so second thing is, right. you know, first thing is rebalance. Don't take on more risks than what you need to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's not timing the market. It's right. just rebalancing to the correct risk allocation that your plan is based on. Second thing is make sure you have an adequate cash reserve. Because if you have an adequate cash reserve, then if the market is crashing and you don't want to sell your stocks low, you don't have to. Because you know you have the flexibility, you have enough cash to cover the spending gap. If you want to, you know, come to the class or listen to our podcast, I want you to announce the podcast things too, Carrie. That you know we've been talking about this for the last few shows. The third thing you do is build your plan R. In other words, saying if you want to know that you know does if this if we do have a recession or a bear market crash, either way, we'll say we have a twenty to twenty five percent decline in the market. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you're down twenty five percent unless you're one hundred percent equity. Right. But in your 50 50 portfolio, no, you might not be down 25. You may be down 10 to 12. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the idea of the plan R is, you know, we've got your plan A, assuming no economic downturn. But your plan R is saying, well, what if we do have one? I want to know if we have an economic downturn in the next two to three years and I model something in using conservative realistic assumptions. I want to know if I'm still going to be OK over the longevity. Because in a weird way, the recession doesn't necessarily affect your life when it happens. Quite frankly, you won't know it's a recession until it's already happened. Right. Okay. Um, and you're looking in the rearview mirror when you finally realize that, that, that we're in a recession. So the idea is, you know, it doesn't affect your life maybe this year, but that some weird way it affects the longevity of your plan. So what we want to model is saying, does it materially affect the longevity of the plan that makes you have to change one of your assumptions, especially if you've got a major life-changing event that you think could be occurring in the next two to three years, the same time you're worrying that the other shoe could fall. Let's say that was a planned retirement date. Let's say that was a new home purchase. Or let's say that was um, college education. Or uh, maybe it was just a trip to Hawaii. Um, But the idea is you want to know without making a knee-jerk reaction and just saying, "Uh uh-oh, I got to cancel my Hawaii trip. You want to know, no, I still, you know, even if we have this economic downturn, I'm still going to be okay in the long run. Or if it plan R shows you you're not going to be okay in the long run, what adjustments do I have to make to get back on track? All right. And if you want help with these issues, you can call the estate planning team for a free no obligation consultation. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have locations around the greater Cleveland area and can do consultations by phone. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Also, don't forget, sign up for our last classes that we have scheduled this year. The IRA and Roth class, if you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, on uh, September 17th, this coming Tuesday at 3 p.m. in Middleburg Heights. And we'll talk about rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions, the minimum required distribution tax trap, 
difference between Roth contributions, Roth conversion rules and techniques, and what you need to know if you own these assets so you don't fall fall to some of the potential traps. And again, if you're in the camp that you think tax rates are going to go up and you have this asset, you possibly have this window of opportunity you might be missing out on. And then we'll also talk about the QCD issue we, we mentioned earlier on this program free to attend. We do ask that you pre-register ahead of time or come out to our October 2nd retirement planning class. Details are also on the website, financialfoodforthought.com or call us and we'll call you back on Monday at 440-239-2090. Also want to mention on the website, if you click on local or podcast, you can get a link to our previous shows. Right. And, you know, one of the things, if you can't make the, uh, the class this week on the, 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 the Roth class, um, on the June, it's starting. I think the last podcast in June, and then the first few in July, we did a whole series on Roth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you can catch those podcasts. And all right, so you listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over thirty-four years, and we do it one plan, one family at a time. Um, and you know, one of the things is, um, you know, Elizabeth Warren, uh, let's see here. So institute a wealth tax equal to 2% on net worth above $50 million and 3% on net worth above $1 billion. Okay, so that's why, you so, know. So she's going to tax herself, right? Well, I don't know if she's at that or not. I assume she is. Not at the, probably at the. $1 billion. I'm sure no, she's at the, the other $50 level. So you could say, well, that's not going to hurt me, Mark. But, uh, you know. The wealth tax has other problems, uh, you know. Well, you and, talked earlier the legality of being right. able, or the constitute is it con- unconstitutional to tax people's assets versus income? Right. Um, she wants to, uh, you know, she wants to get rid of the student loan debt, and she wants to make uh, free public college tuition. Right. And and those two have to go hand in hand. See, the Democrats have a problem, Carrie. You can't just you have to do both. Right. You can't just say we're going to we're going to eliminate all student loan debt, because if you don't do anything about the rising cost of college educations, it's really not just going to start over again. Right. Why would you not start debt if you know it's just going to be forgiven? Well, it's like it's it's, it's, it's a catch 22. Right. Or it's a lot of problems. They just want to throw more money at it where it really doesn't solve the health care cost. You, it's hard to put a price tag on health care. Maybe we need to do something about controlling the cost of health care or prescriptions versus throwing more money at a problem. Right. So, you know, the idea that says that, you know, so they have to get both done to even have it, you know, to logically that would make it even work. Not only if they're saying we're going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, forgive all student loan debt, they also have to make college free. Because they have to kind of go hand in hand, and if they and just getting one of them done, I don't know. Anyways, it, but she's going to do it, right? Oh, good, um, yes, because she's got right. that magic wand. So, so I said, so I talked a little bit about the, you know, we're talking about the fifty thirty. So, what is the fifty thirty twenty plan, Carrie? Well, um, you know, it's it's a um, it's a budgeting, you know, or a, a plan that says, you know, how if you're trying to, you know, build a financial plan that will provide you with a good retirement, you know, how should you start? And the idea is that, you know, the the um, the 50-30-20 is a little mathematical, you know, model that if you follow, um, you will have a good retirement plan. And we've talked about it a lot on the show, right? And, 
you know, you can, and we'll talk about the class, but it basically, in, in, in a nutshell, this is what it says. Okay, you take 50% of your take-home pay, and, I, and, and that's questionable, you know, whether, you know, because you're saying that's after maybe withholding taxes, but whatever, you know, so 50% of your money goes to cover your essential needs. That's your groceries, you know, health care, um, rent, utilities, you know, things or housing, you know, transportation, things like that. Then 30% of your pay goes to discretionary items. Okay. That could be hobbies, travel, entertainment, things like that. And then the remaining 20% is what you start saving. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you can follow that plan, if you can live below your means, mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that's easy to do. Right. Well, but, it depends how much you're making but and your if, obligations. Well, yeah, but if you can, it doesn't. That's my, that's my contention. It doesn't, you can't make excuses and say, well, if you're, if you're making, uh, if you're not making enough, you can't follow this plan. Right. But what if my mandatory is way more than 50% of my income? That's an excuse, Carrie. It's, it's saying because you shouldn't be in that apartment or you shouldn't be in that city. What if I'm in a crap apartment and I have medical bills and student loan debt and a crap car? Well, then maybe you ought to get out of that town. But I'm just saying that's a reality of people. Well, I'm saying it's an excuse to say that math, there's no excuses. Carrie, right. when I flunked my math test, you right. know, did, did I get an excuse? Oh, did did, did that teacher math, excuse me? But I'm saying there also is a reality of sometimes people can't live with 50% for the I'm not mandatory. saying it's right. easy. I'm saying sometimes that's not realistic. I don't care because I know people who do out of college. They have the student loan debt that's huge. They well, have then auto- that, well, don't make an excuse. Maybe they should not have gotten the the, the, the the student loans. If they can't find a job right. that allows them to follow this rule. I, I, okay, but I'm just saying there's also reality. What if people have medical bills? Uh, I, medical? Hey, there's curveballs that I, life I, throws you. Like that- I'm saying... It, you can come up with all the excuses right. in the world. Well, medical bills, Mark, people reality have huge medical bills, prescription bills. That's not a d- discretionary item. Well, then maybe you should have, you know, your your 50% should have covered your health insurance costs, your premiums. Even with health care premiums, it doesn't cover everything. That's what I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying the reality. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying... It doesn't just, mean it doesn't work. I'm not, right, but I'm just saying for now. If you don't believe it, come to the class. Okay. Um, because we'll show you, and we can do some, you know, spreadsheets. Um, I didn't get to the spreadsheet today because you were arguing too much. When, <laughs> oh, we got a few minutes. Here. Don't get me started. Well, that, at least you picked better songs this week. Did you go to the Who concert at Blossom this week? No. Do you know who's singing this song? No. Is it the Who? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah, they were at Blossom. Um, You know, it's an apropos song for what's going on. What's the name of the song? Won't Get Fooled Again. Okay. So hopefully America won't get fooled again by the campaign promises and by the way president trump this week talk about just floating things out there you said he's just he just came out and said oh i'm going to give a mill tax cut next year well he can't do that and with no details he just you remember a few months ago or a month ago he was saying he he was talking about the payroll tax cut and he said don't hold your breath for the payroll tax cut he just throws out his ideas of course he he does right he has no filter 
I mean, I mean, that's you know, well, it's as much as you know Elizabeth Warren saying, right. um, I'm, I'm going to give everybody two hundred dollars in Social Security, or, or or Andy, you know, UB Yang saying, I'm going to give everybody a thousand a month. Um, now, um, so you know, you, you know, that's what I mean by saying I don't believe you know sometimes the Republicans when they say that they're going to solve all our problems by giving more tax cuts. Um, so one of the things about the 50-30-20 rule, Carrie, is that we know it works if you start young. Okay? Right. So if you start, at, let's say, at age 24, 25, you know, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay? The question is, can the 50-30-20 rule save the 50-year-old who hasn't started saving for retirement yet? All right? Um, and this is where you got to crunch some numbers, all right, because you have to, you know, make some assumptions. And this is what good economic models are doing. You know, they're saying that, OK, Mark, I wasn't able, like you're saying, Carrie, there was no way I was right. able to start the 53rd. And I agree with you, Carrie. I'm not, I'm, you know, well, oh, I'm, no, I know. Get, no, but uh, if you I'm, can, more power to you. Right. Um, but, you know, but are you in a position at 50 or 55 that you think, okay, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe my kids are up and gone, or at least, you know, we're seeing the end of that. I'm at a, I'm at a higher earning base now. My spouse is still working. We got a dual income. You know, we're getting our credit cards paid off. Um, I think now is it too late for me, or can a 50-30-20 rule work? All right. And I'll talk more about this because we're running out of time here. But, um, but just out of curiosity, Carrie, who do you know who was credited for coming up with the 50-30-20 rule? No. Okay. Well, it's nothing new. Like I say, it was a book that came out about over a decade ago. And the book was titled All Your Worth, The Ultimate Lifetime Money Plan. Hmm. Okay. And you know who the author of that book was? No. Elizabeth Warren. Hmm. Okay. So, maybe Elizabeth Warren has got some good ideas mm-hmm. in her head. I just don't like the ideas when you tax, tax, tax and give it to everybody else. All right. So, we'll spend more time with Elizabeth Warren's 50-30-20 rule. And, I don't know, maybe we ought to look at that wealth tax again. <laughs> but, I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. But, I will try to show you or come to the class that if you can follow the 50-30-20 rule, I can only promise, if you can start that at age 25 or parents tell your kids or grandparents tell your grandkids, if they could start and being disciplined with the 50-30, the only thing that's going to happen to them in retirement is they're going to be multimillionaires. Nice problem. Go Browns. All right, call us for a free consultation or come out to our fall planning classes at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.